We are back at the Middle Age Sports Spectacular. I'm your host, Dave Plazic. I'm joined, as always, by the esteemed Brian Pepe. That's me. My good long-term friend, Douglas Stenard. Hi, Dave. And Pat. Hi. Pat. Yeah. Yeah, Pat. So um, we got a big show for you guys today. We got a really special show. Originally, it was going to be even more special because Pat wasn't going to be on it, but he is on it. So what? it'll be sort of special. Uh, we're going to... Uh, Hey, I'm talking here, <laughs> and so we're we're gonna do uh, what we did last time. We're gonna go around the horn. We're gonna hit touch on some sports uh, in different uh, NHL, MLB, NBA, little NFL even, and then uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we're gonna get into our main topic of the day, where all five of us have come to the table with our five favorite players of all time. And this is going to be actually a two-part show where we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk about our five least favorite players of all time. Coincidentally, three of us have already spoiled it by saying that they're all five of our least favorites are all of five Pat's favorites. So whatever he says this week will be our least favorites mm -hmm. next week. We're all taking notes. Um, and then we'll go from there. We'll go into our final segment with a little listener Q&A. We, uh, we have a couple great questions from our listener. Zuh. <laughs> so, without further ado, we're going to go around a little bit. We're going to start with the NFL, uh, talking about some playoff expansion. This is old news, so we're not even going to talk about it. Moving on, NBA. <laughs> that was quick. Just a little stat that came out the other day that I do want to spend a, a second on that I thought was pretty cool. So, uh, since not this past Lakers game, but the Lakers game before where the Celtics dusted the Lakers, uh, they've ranked top five in offense and defense in the NBA with only two other teams, the Bucks and the Lakers. Guys, all I got to ask is, can the Celtics beat the Bucks and go to the playoffs, finals? Yeah. Don't jump on this at once. Yes. W will they? That's another question, but they are capable of beating the Bucks and going to the NBA finals. 100%. Is this the most fun Celtics team that we've had since peak since Ryan Gomes era. Ryan Gomes <laughs> um yeah since Ryan Gomes uh, out of Jeffries this team's fun as hell man I I got to see him a couple times so far this year I mean they are clicking on all cylinders right now they just finished a tough west coast swing they took it to Houston and lost in overtime although the the overtime or the the final play by Jalen Brown to go in overtime was incredible. If you guys yep. saw that, mm -hmm. yep, amazing. Um, He's pretty good. So, yeah, I don't. That Jalen Brown. Jaylen yeah, he Brown is really That's good. terrible. Really good. Do you know where he's that from? Team. If it's if you're gonna say Marietta, Georgia. <laughs> All right, I won't tell you then. Jesus, Christ. is everybody <laughs> is from Marietta, really? Georgia? Yeah, he is. He wouldn't all, have brought all the good otherwise. ones. All the good ones, he Pepe. All the good ones. It. I've said it like 10 times. That's 10 times too many. That's an incredible amount of players that come from Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. You know who else I did? Know. The big boss man. Throwing that out there. Cobb County, Georgia. Cobb County, Georgia. Yep. Cobb County, Marietta. Yep. I don't know why. Who's the, who's the best player to come out of Marietta, Georgia, Pat? Oh, that's a really good question. It's Todd Jones. Cullen. Did you say Todd um, Jones? Yeah closer because i would say Jalen brown's got a leg up on him <laughs> i know uh you know what that might that might be a segment for me next time all right pat will get his own segment 
great. Who's the best yeah, yeah, in the area of Georgia? Save that one for your solo <laughs> podcast, Pat. Yeah. Fair enough. We're going to lose both we'll lose both listeners. <laughs> uh, good oh. stuff. They are fun to watch, good though. Stuff. They're a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially with Kemba back. I mean, I'm hoping that this is not Kevin Garnett circa – whatever was his second year where he had an injured knee throughout the whole playoffs. It wasn't the same. I'm hoping it's not that the good news is, is because they have so much scoring right now, they wouldn't need to rely on him. but should be fun. NBA playoffs. The East is a little bit stronger this year, at least with the Celtics playing correctly. So. The bucks have a, they've set the record for a point differential at this point in the season. Jesus. Yeah. They're, they're winning and they're winning by like, 12 point something points per game it's and they have the best player on the yep. planet and they're not bad chris middleton <laughs> hey chris middleton has been on fire actually and, middleton's a phenomenal player and the bucks are pretty darn good when Giannis has to sit so it, it's oh, it's gonna be good. a tough tough climb for the celtics what's the record been against celtics um, what's what what is the bucks versus the celtics who's what's oh and two oh yeah, the Celtics beat them twice this year, I believe. I could be totally wrong. Let's just say yeah. that, yes. Everything we say is true. Yes. Accuracy is at the top of our list 100%. here for priorities. It's all about preparation. Show. I know that they definitely beat them earlier in the year. I want to say it's twice. Um, but I think going into the playoffs, that's going to mean next to nothing because beating this team in seven and how they can spread the floor, how much length they have, it's going to be tough. But the Celtics, too. Hey, uh, Toronto was able to shut him down last year, Giannis. So Giannis has to prove that he can make that leap to the finals. Is that Toronto with Kawhi, yeah. though? Toronto with Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of a difference it maker. Is, but it helps a little bit. But you know what? Hey, Toronto's <laughs> ahead of Boston in the standings right now, too. So Toronto yeah. looks great. They really do. Yep. They got OG, Anunobi, and Siakam. They're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So that, that team is going to be good. That's my in-depth analysis. Um, MOB, Brian, poor, poor man. So half the Yankees are hurt, but the good news is it's the good half. Yeah, it's great. The better players. (laughs) It's wonderful. Um, I think Jacoby Ellsbury is healthy. Yeah, he could fill in. Thank you. He could fill in. He's very helpful. You do have Garrett Cole. We do have Garrett Cole. Which is great. That's about it, though. So, yeah, they lose Paxton, right? So, I'm just going to go off on a rant. They lose Paxton, which I totally understand. The guy had something on his spine. You don't want to go through spinal surgery. You don't want to try to tough it out. See if you don't have to have have him operate operate on you. I get that. But then you lose Severino. That fucking sucks. That guy's going to throw 12 innings within two years. That doesn't bode well. I don't know what a strength and conditioning coach does, but I clearly could do it because the last two guys that they got fucking suck. I don't understand it. And that's let's not even get into Giancarlo Stanton. I love Giancarlo. Made a glass. When they, when they traded for him, I thought it was the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, sure. Why not? Who wouldn't be pumped about right. a 60 home run guy? But apparently he can't stay on the field. Back 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 to back with another monster who can't stay healthy, who's also concerning right now. Yeah, it's not good. You know, if they stayed healthy, I I 
try to live my life with one rule, and that is to temper your expectations, right? Going into this year, though, I thought they were going to be one of the greatest teams of all time. You look at the rotation, they add Garrett Cole. Wasn't that in your vows? It Did was. you say that to Sam? It was. You got married, temper your expectations. <laughs> said, Honey, let's be honest with each other. She knew what she was getting into. Expect She's nothing and she you did. won't be disappointed. That's your, right. Your wife is very, very smart. She Ex- 100% knew what she was getting with you. I don't know how smart she is. She's gullible. That actually makes it questionable now that we think about it's it. It's true. It's questionable. I got when I started when I married her though she was she's like six years younger than me so she really didn't know a hundred percent what she was getting into but it's fine we have two beautiful children they're wonderful mm-hmm. you know we're Fantastic. doing fine but regardless um, the Yankees are just they have one of the best teams but if they can't st- stay healthy then then they're fucking screwed. The good news, the good news is help could be on the way. Oh, what's the rumor? Who? Two-way Jose. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Nice segue. Huh? Jose Batista looking, looking to make a comeback. He's got the bat. He's got the bat flip, the best bat flip of all time. And uh, he's throwing 94, according to some kid on Twitter. So there you go. No? I, I like not. the idea. I want him to get to just go up there and have like Aaron Judge go up against him or someone drill the fucking ball way the hell out and throw the bat right at him. He'll never make it, man. No, they'll never do it. Be in like the Cape League yeah, or something. Yeah, it'll never happen. 94. Okay. Awesome. We, and apparently he's got a slider too. Ooh. Oh, he has more than one pitch. All right. I mean, I don't know what that slider looks like. I mean, it's just not his fastball so can we circle back to football really quickly because i got it sure i got a question we do what we want here in this show we do so stupid question you guys are smarter than me that's a good add an extra they add an extra regular season game right so these players all have incentives based off of like catches or yards or what have you do they have to renegotiate all those contracts for the extra game Doubt it. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, but I don't. I have think no idea. It, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I don't think probably no. I would say yeah. no. If they're contractually uh, bound, but to them. are they contractually obligated for sixteen games? Right. So you set that goal for those sixteen games. Now you have an extra game in there. Do they just not count that game? I don't know. I'd yeah, I, 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 I would. I would say the contract says if it's a hundred catches, then it doesn't matter if it's in twelve games or twenty-four games. Because at that point, if you get injured and you play four game mi- minus four games, do you only have to do seventy-five catches? Right. Wh- which I, I, yeah, I, I think it's the amount. I would also say most incentives. I think, especially in the NFL, and I could be wrong. I think it's more like. Oh, you made the Pro Bowl or first team or Super Bowl win. I think it's more like that instead of like actual mm. statistics. Because okay. right, in a lot of people try to avoid a lot of teams try to avoid that because that's or like a pitching one where you want to hit two hundred innings and right, right he's at one ninety seven and you pull him because you're going to the playoffs next week and he's pissed because you just cost him half a million dollars because you didn't let him go three more innings. Shit like that. So I think a lot of times they they make those incentives more like uh, bonuses on, right, you 
made the all-star team stuff like mm-hmm. that that makes sense yeah i think he's pretty much i think he's right um yeah incentives for making the playoffs incentives for getting to the pro bowl uh, starts isn't starts one of them just if you can make a certain amount of starts yep. starts yeah games but yeah yeah yep yeah. so i didn't know that's a good question we don't apparently Thank we don't either Thank you. so our listeners are getting lots of valuable information on this podcast as we promised here's right. here's one thing that i don't like about the new nfl schedule some teams are going to get nine home games some teams are going to get eight Mm. Fair I point. don't think that it's 17. Yeah. yeah. That's Actually, an advantage I, as a competitive advantage and a revenue advantage. Yeah. I I believe uh, every team has to play in London or Mexico one time. Is that a stipulation? That? No, no. I'm just kidding. Oh. Oh. That actually wouldn't be surprising. You know, well, we were uh, like, truthfully. oh, that's interesting. No truthfully, that idea. wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. You could have yeah. said anywhere. So, Huh. Ukraine, yeah, so, one game in Ukraine. I, I believe we'll China. No, not right now. We'll see what comes of that. But and now, it, fortunately, because of my, uh, it's not coronavirus, my illness last week, we missed an episode. Can I say coronavirus? Is that a thing? No, you can still um, say that. Yeah. I can say it. It's okay, right? Right. Uh, Pat missed an opportunity to talk about a fulfillment of a dream last week. And for anybody who didn't know in the NHL, um, we had one of the most uh, rarest, rarest of rules where the emergency goalie entered a game. Pat, why don't you talk about this? So Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Zamboni driver David Ayers, 42-year-old, was named the emergency goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes. And both of the goalies, I think one was scratched before the game and then the backup was hurt during the game halfway through in the second period, got hurt. So this guy who yesterday was driving the Zamboni, this, that morning probably was driving the Zamboni for the for his home team is now the goalie playing for the other team, the Carolina Hurricanes. And it was just, that is something that, right. I mean, I am all for America. I love the American dream, but God, give sign me up for the Canadian dream sitting in the stands one days playing in the NHL. He had eight saves the first two shots he let in. But they were still winning. Uh, they ended up winning six to three. He had a couple really nice a redirect save, another point blank. He was named one of the three stars. It was really cool to watch too, just seeing the Carolina Hurricanes. Like you could tell, it, w- it was like a playoff atmosphere almost to the point where if anything went in the defensive zone, they were giving up life and limb to make sure that the, the puck didn't score. And I mean, this is a guy off the street. He like last played 10 years, you know, 15 years ago in a junior league. And now he is literally in the NHL playing goalie and got a freaking win. One of only three, one of only three goalies ever of the emergency goalie to actually even see a game. And he won the game and he wasn't in for three minutes. He was in for literally almost half the game. So it's just an unbelievable question. Yes. Legit question. You're this guy. Would you take a with how you are in life right now, winning a hundred thousand dollars on a lottery ticket or that? Ooh. 
Oh my god, this is an impossible question. I wonder if my <laughs> I wonder if my wife will ever listen to this podcast because <laughs> I might get in trouble. <laughs> I, I it, it it's like that Answer kills from the heart. I know. Like, well, well, the heart looks at my bank account and my expenses, <laughs> but like that is once in a lifetime. I kind of feel like. And do I win the game? It's the same scenario. Uh, I you're that you guy. Did you get hundred grand, or you're that guy for 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 that? I I you gotta I I'm I'm that guy. I won an NHL hockey game with people right watching. I will watch that tape every day of my life. My kids will grow up memorizing every word from the announcer of that game. hundred <laughs> percent. You have to do it. And not only do you win the game, right? Here's what you do. You sell the rights. They make a movie. You get more money yeah. than the hundred. Yeah. Grand. Good call. Good call. Think about all They'll those autographs on sign at the mall. Right. Yeah. Dude. Oh, and yeah. you know what? I, I would, I would pay five bucks for that autograph. See, I think if you play your cards, right. And you're smart. You can spin that into some social, social media career Absolutely. or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's definitely why I picked to convince it. him. How long do you think it took to convince the guy? They're like, hey, you I just you meant got, to make up some of the money. You gotta go sit in goal. And he's like, Go go fuck yourself. No, seriously, you gotta get in goal. We don't have anybody. You're the guy. It would have taken yeah. Well it, it, and again the funny thing is he was the goalie for the opposing team. So what was the next day like when he's driving the Zamponi yeah. for the maple leaves? <laughs> like <laughs> did one of the players try deck him? Hey, you stopped my shot. Like I, dude, uh, you could let a couple slide seriously. through. Yeah, exactly. Well, right? you did let like, a couple slide through. Yeah, you let the first two, enough. and then after that, Dominic Hasek back there. I mean, this can't happen <laughs> in any other sport, right? Like, like this is the only no. way this can happen. God, I wish. Yeah, I don't that's think there's why, an equivalent. That's why uh, Canada is awesome. <laughs> Water boy, get in for a quarterback. Yeah. Go. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. That has happened. Side note, I'm sure you must have because every single other person in the world who's been on Twitter in the past day has seen this, but you saw Mike Trout at uh, Top Golf. <laughs> yes. yes. So, first off, the balls at Top Golf are not designed to go that far. <laughs> They're designed to be crushed, and they still only go like 180 yards to stay within the top, the confines of Top Golf. He sent that to the moon. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, he did. And. Everybody's his whole hype team there. Yeah, his whole hype crowd. I'm pretty sure we're just doppelgangers of him. Yeah. Like it looked like he was jumping around with five other Mike Trout's. Am I wrong? <laughs> you're no, you're not wrong at all. I feel like he looked just like I do when I'm swinging at softball. Basically the same distance, same form. Yeah, you you right? can tell you've never he seen yourself what... swing at softball. <laughs> I need somebody to put all of Pepe's swings on Twitter next year so that I can no, you don't. see for myself. You don't want that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I got a nice Derek Jeter swing. It's the most inside out. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. when he actually pulls it, nobody knows what to do. I did hit a ball right it. down the third baseline last year. It could not have been slower. It was just a dribbler. It was pathetic. Yeah. Was it a base hit? No, no. Oh, no. It ended the inning. Oh. It wasn't good. <laughs> oh, okay. It was first, first and uh, second with two outs. I think we were in a rally. I get up there, ruin it. 
The amazing thing about Trout's swing is, is that for the most part was a baseball swing. Yeah. It was just perfect. Yeah. yeah. It was perfect. Like because he's Mike. You're not supposed to be able to do that. But yeah, he's Mike he Trout. So wants that man. Incredible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, well, anybody got anything else for around the horn? Any other little tidbits of news? That Should they want we to talk check about? to see if another Yankee got hurt? Do we want to? Is Glaber most okay? likely happened? DJ yeah. okay? So. Yeah, somebody probably have any other Astros been hit by a pitch? Probably, yeah. God, I Ooh. hope so. Did you speaking of Astros? Did you see um, Anthony Rizzo mic'd up today? Yeah, that was pretty good against Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not. What happened? Phenomenal. So the the first thing that so Rizzo's standing there and he's like, so they have him mic'd up and he's just talking and he's like, well, I don't know. I'm gonna guess a fastball in this one because the guy's only thrown one today. Fastball knocked it into the outfield, but then the other the other thing he said was, "Ah, "I'm not really sure what's coming. Somebody want to bang a can for me or something?" (laughs) Nice. Apparently, Bauer was tipping all his pitches intentionally to the batters. Yeah. Yeah. No. You you know how when you warm up as a pitcher and last year, no, like in spring training, there's universal signs for like as a pitcher, fastball. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. Never mind then. I'll stop. No. Go ahead, Pat. Go, go. No, it's. I'm just saying. It, I I've never seen that before. He was actually like when you do warm ups, you do the fastball signal, you do the change up signal. He was doing it <laughs> during spring training, and the worst part was, for the most part, they didn't hit him. Yeah, yeah, I know. But when he's on, he's a great pitcher. I mean, but yep, it's uh, I I know. I hope the troll the trolling continues all through spring training. And then yep. some. It will. It's going to happen in every stadium that they go to. It's just going to be all year. What's really going to be interesting to see how they actually perform underneath all this scrutiny. Yeah. Agreed. I'm nervous because I got Bregman on my fantasy team and I'm not feeling good about it. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe they'll figure something else out. They'll get a medium. Just communicate yeah. it mentally. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, they all you suck. know, I was thinking about it. I said, you know, something tremendously amazing is going to happen this year in baseball, right? Like something just has to happen, like a, you know, McGuire sells a home run chase to get everybody's buying the attention off of this. But then Stanton and Judge got hurt, so I guess it's not going to yeah. happen. Ooh. Could have been those guys. Wow. Imagine that on the same team, yeah. too. Could have been like a Maris Mantle thing. That would have been yeah. fun. I don't appreciate nope. this kind of talk <laughs> at all. Well, is I'm Greg Bird talking about Alex team? Verdugo being a giant douchebag? You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe you should. Is no, Greg I'm a Bird better on the person team still? than that? Oh. What'd you say? I'm not. Is Greg, no, Greg Bird still on the team? No, Texas Rangers. Oh, yep. Well, there goes that. Yep. That he could have stepped in. No, but what about Luke Voigt? He's gonna head to Detroit. Oh, that's what John Sterling says. Hmm. I like Luke Voigt. He's got the right amount of douchebag in him. I always said that you about like you. That, huh? That's your uh, <laughs> yeah, that's your I, thing. I you think like every that? team needs a guy you're like, oh, I'd smack that guy if he was another team. But I don't think they He's kinda like a replacement for Giampi. We're gonna get to Giampi. G- uh, oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well if that if that isn't a precursor to our next segment, I don't know what is. Um, 
So, it, well, that was fun going around the horn. If nobody's got anything else, no, I'm good. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about our five favorite players of all time. And we're back, and we are ready to talk about our top five favorite players of all time. So how this, this is how this is going to go. I'm going to kick off each round, and we're going to start with our fifth favorite player of all time. This is going to span all sports, all levels. There's no real parameters here. Pat can pick five Braves if he wants. Good chance he does. Um, <laughs> so I'll start, and we'll go around, and we'll go to Pepe, then Doug, then finish with Pat, and we'll count it down from there. So... I want to tell you guys that I put a whole 10 minutes into this. It's uh, longer I, than I thought. I broke it down by sport. I wrote down all of my favorite players that I could think of. Um, I do have some honorable mentions, which we'll also get to at the end of this whole segment, because I'm sure you guys do too. There's just a couple of players that couldn't squeak in there, but could easily have been interchanged. But my number five is an active player, plays in the NBA, and I think that... Uh, you guys, you guys know well who I've been. I've been singing his praises since he came into the league, and that is my boy, Taco Marcus Paul. Smart. <laughs> oh no, no, not that's oh. yours. It's not your turn. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, Marcus. Marcus the man. Marcus Smart is the. He's the backbone of that team. He's so because he's got the hero ball problem that so many. Well, people don't overlook him anymore, but people did overlook him because that guy. Every now and then, just thought he was Steph Curry and would just jump in there and start chucking. And then remember, the worst thing that could ever happen to somebody like that is he he set the record for most threes in a game for the Celtics, yep. which I think was 11, which is just bananas. But when that guy is healthy and on the court, I am going into the playoffs feeling really good because he can defend just about anybody out there, and he's going to leave it all on the court. So my boy Marcus Smart, number five. You've been talking about Marcus Smart forever. I loved him, man. The, oh the minute God. I started watching that guy play, I was like, I, there's something about a guy like that that you, you just get behind. So, um, Do you remember that game we went to where he kept getting the ball and he kept shooting, and all we did was oof. hold on to each other because we were oh, terrified? Uh, he went like one for six or something yeah. from three. It was bad. I don't even know if he hit one. but that no, was, I, I think he yeah, that did. Was his, I uh, well, if you oh, might have hit if, one. If, if it was not the game we went to this year, but the last game I went with you with you guys, I think it was one of those like I'm like, oh god, why is he taking? Oh, oh my god, he made it. Okay, keep going. It was just one of those. Was that the what playoff game? No, that was me and you. That was Kelly Olynyk oh, going nutty. That's right. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk. I've been fortunate enough to 30. meet a bunch of athletes. I've met Charles Oakley. I've met Vince Wilfork. Um, I've met some other cool guys. I would lose my mind if I met him. I don't know. He's just, he, I, I'm actually amazed he fell to fifth. I'm a little um, surprised. But when I say the next four, it, I think it'll make a little bit of sense. So that's that, like Greg Maddox being on Pat's honorable mentions. Well, pretty close. So, all right, Pepe, who do you got okay. at your number five spot? So I bet you I'm going to surprise you. This one's from the NHL. And I actually don't even root. P.K. Subban? Yeah, Mary Yeager. It, yeah. 
He's right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not – I've never been a big hockey fan, but my father loves hockey, used to play hockey, and he always wanted me to, uh, to get into hockey. So he kept buying hockey video games for me, thinking I would pick up on the game. And so early '90s hockey, I am on. I, I understand. Oh, NHL '95, absolutely. So, I Yager was my guy. You know, the Penguins were good then. They had Lemieux. Um, they had Ron Francis, etc. But that mullet was fucking amazing. And he's phenomenal. He's I think he's the second highest point getter of all time. Um, and he so played until he was like 50. He's still yeah. playing, not in the NHL, but he's still playing. Um, and there's something to be said for that. Um, but, yeah, I always – whatever team he went to, I rooted for. So when he was with the Rangers or the Devils or the even the Bruins, um, that was my guy. Love him. So fun, fun fact, and, and I'll save the rest of it for my honorable mentions, which is Mario Lemieux. Uh, the Penguins were my favorite team in the 90s. And, yes, I owned NHL 95, and I wore the hell out of that Penguins mm-hmm. team. So good call. Thanks, sir. All right. Doug? You're uh, up. My number five. It's probably pretty unpopular amongst this panel, but uh, it's Peyton Manning. Ooh. Ooh. I absolutely loved watching Peyton Manning play. Uh, mainly because he was so cerebral and he was out there just barking all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> Omaha. Right. Make, making it look like he was, you know, but he actually was really smart and actually it would get frustrating when um, he'd throw a pass and the receiver was supposed to be somewhere and the receiver ran the wrong route. And Peyton wouldn't adjust for that. He'd just still throw the ball and it would get intercepted <laughs> because, you know, the receiver's supposed to be there. Whereas, there was a lot of other players who were just like, oh, I'm going to throw it somewhere else instead of being so polished. But when Peyton was on, there was nothing better to watch, in my opinion. Like, I understand that, like, everybody loved Brady and he won games and everything. But I felt like uh, Peyton won more games because of Peyton. Right? He's like pretty that, good. Like that one year that he was injured and they went you know, Owen 16 or whatever. <laughs> like you could have made a legit argument that Peyton Manning was the MVP and he yeah. didn't play. He didn't play a single down. Play. Yeah. So um, Peyton, Peyton was musty TV then. Yeah. And, and Patriots fans, come on, man. I was a Patriots fan. You got to give it up for Peyton. He was, he was just awesome. Yeah. It, it was this weird, like hatred for him that it's not like they were like pissing on each other on Twitter or anything. They were just, <laughs> right. so I mean, yeah. Belichick just came up with great schemes to beat him, like he does for everybody. And he beat but, him until he didn't. Yeah, during the regular season, there was nothing better than watching Peyton Manning on a Sunday afternoon. No. Good call. Good call, Doug. I like it. All right, Pat, number five. Number five for me is none other than former Atlanta Brave, Andrelton Simmons. If you if you know me, you know I like some good defense, and there is no one better, in my opinion, than Andrelton Simmons. Four gold gloves. The saddest thing is Derek Jeter will probably have more gold gloves in his career than Andrelton Simmons. He won the platinum glove once without winning the gold glove, which is insane. Uh, has oh. a OPS plus a 91, but a 97 with the Angels. So he's basically a league average hitter with elite, elite defense. He's had three seasons with over six war, 
including 2013 and 2017 with seven war. So he is a, again, an elite level player. He is already 14th all time in defensive war with 27.3. The leader is Ozzie Smith with 44.2 defensive war. He did that in 19 seasons. Uh, Andrelton Simmons is already halfway there and he's done it in eight seasons. Omar Vizquel, who who a lot of people are talking about should be in the Hall of Fame, has a 29.5 defensive war in 24 seasons. So Andrelton is almost as valuable of a defensive player than Omar Vizquel in literally a third of the seasons. And people, and, and again, I see some head shaking as they should. Like Omar Vizquel doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But people, there are a lot of people that do want him in the Hall of Fame. So, Andrelton Simmons, Hall of Fame. He's better than Harold Baines. Yes, oh, God, he is. Yes. You know what Andrelton Simmons is? Andrelton what? Simmons is the epitome of a real-life, really good baseball player who was completely useless in fantasy. Yes. yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Not in yeah. my head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh man, because yeah, he's yeah. also like you look at him, you're like Andrews and Simmons is really good. I'm gonna take. Wait a second, and he yeah. gets on base too. It's not like yeah. he's you know useless yep. offensively. He just doesn't put up counting numbers. Does he steal no. at all? No, no. His but, highlight very... reels are must see TV. Yeah, they are. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Just YouTube yeah. Andrews and Simmons highlights. Very smart player too. But yeah, to Doug's point, it's the counting stats. He he's had a two years where he's hit 17 home runs. So every once in a while, but I mean, he's a back end shortstop for fantasy, right? He's a guy that he's yeah. going to obviously start when he's there. He's a guy that you want to pick up for free. He's agency no David Eckstein. For... He's no David Eckstein. Right. He, he's a guy you want to pick up for free agency for six weeks when he's hot and then get rid of him. Right. But yeah. at, at, from a real life baseball team, like uh, I would not trade him for Sean Newcomb and Chris Ellis. <sighs> if I'm amazed that you just rattled all that stuff off because I know you didn't write it down. It was just in your head. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, he probably wrote it down off the top of his head. Yeah. So just to make sure that he had it all in order. But I, I don't think he had to look any of that up. That's how Pat puts his kids to bed. He yeah. uh, reads the back of Angelton Simmons baseball cards oh. to his kids. You know what? That might That's work. <laughs> it'll make me happy and it'll make them sleepy. Right. Oh, good stuff. So, quick recap: we had Marcus Smart, Pepe. You had uh, who was your guy? Yager. 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 I see. That's why that was a hard one to remember because I did not pin you with an NHL guy. Mm-hmm. So I got Peyton Manning, and Pat had his first brave of many for the evening with one Andrelton each, Simmons. One from each sport. Oh. So yeah. we're gonna go on to number four. And. This uh, this guy is another baseball player for me. This is a little bit from my my childhood, but he still holds uh, a special place in my heart, and uh, um, he's still active out there in the world, and and I love every second of him. When this guy came onto the scene, you want to talk about mullets? This Mexican mullet was incredible, and he had the biggest guns in baseball. He destroyed everybody. And I believe he was a 40-40 guy in his second year or third year. I'm talking about Jose Canseco. Oh, yeah. The man, the myth, yep. the, 
the guy who blew the cover off steroids in baseball, the guy who, who just, he, he wrecked Lamborghinis. And that year that he came to the Red Sox, probably one of the greatest moments in my entire fandom life. It just, there's nothing I wanted to see more than big Jose hitting big dogs over the green monster in a Red Sox uniform. There's just there's nothing greater. I had his rookie card with that with that crusty mustache of his, the '86 Donruss, one of the coolest looking things. At one point, it was worth 125 bucks, and I traded it to Doug, and now it's worth about four pennies. Uh, I, I still had, have that, and I will never get rid of it. Uh, I no collected way. every. I had hundreds of Jose Canseco cards. I just had to have them all. He was the Bash brother. He was the man. He the guy. Man, still hasn't been a player like him. No. So, no. And uh, I never got to meet him, which was probably a good thing because he was a total dick, and uh, probably would have just right? snubbed me anyway. If yeah, you have yeah. twenty bucks in oh, your okay. pocket, I'm sure you could meet him today. Oh yeah, yeah now yeah, yeah. we're gonna get him on this show. Just, just reach One out to him on another. Twitter, and he'll show up. One way or another, we're gonna get him on this show. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the list of guests. So, Jose Canseco, number four for me. Good choice. Remember that Pepe. time he head butted the ball out? <laughs> Damn right. Awesome. Phenomenal. Awesome. My turn? Yeah, yours, right. number four. So number four. So we actually talked about this guy on a previous episode. So all of our fans can remember. I think it was episode two. Uh, and it's Wayne Corbett. So the, my favorite football player of all time. Uh, he made me a Jets fan. So I don't know if I should be happy about that. It's not great. I would say it's not no. great at all. It's really not great. No, but... Uh, you I would en- I would encourage that. you to watch the latest episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I have to. That aired last I gotta night. catch up on that. Dave You'll didn't like it, it though. What? Dave didn't like Curb. No. Yeah. I don't like no. the show at yeah, all. Yeah, didn't like oh. it. But anyways, um, so I like athletes that I look at them and go, you know what? If I really had tried, I could have probably done that. Even though it's not true. But the guy's like my height. He's he's he doesn't have what like the physical attributes of like a Antonio Brown or an Odell Beckham, but he still goes out there, plays his ass off, um, works hard. You know, I I love a guy like that. Five foot ten, actually, he's a little bit taller than me. Not much. But in the in the NFL world, it it certainly doesn't look it. Where everybody around you is six foot plus. So right. Yep. So uh, cool. Love love Wayne Corbett. Wayne Corbett. Wayne. Yeah. All right. He was a gamer. Yes, he was. Doug, what do you got? Number okay. four. So it was actually my number three, but I'm going to make it my number four so that we don't bore everybody. We can get on with it. But, you know, Jose, like you said, you, <laughs> my you, man. You, you traded me the 86 Donruss card, which, you know, I'll, I'll have till the day I die. Because I always wanted that card when I was a kid, and you finally gave it to me when it was worthless. But, hey, wow. you know. That's a good friend. Still yeah. one of the coolest looking designs. That 86 Donruss sure. set was a good set. But, uh, you know, I was eight years old for that 40-40 season, which I thought was just incredible, you know, and I was a young kid. I didn't know anything about steroids. I didn't know anything about arrogance. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that he was dating Madonna. That's right. And everybody else was like, what a douche. Yeah. But, you know, I was too young. I didn't know any of that. And, you know, my parents taught me to be loyal, so I continued to support Jose throughout his career. 
when he, he appreciates became, that. Yeah, when you know, through all the blooper reels of the ball bouncing off his head and having him blow out his elbow pitching on the mound, that was a good <laughs> one too. I believe that was in Fenway too. I think so. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna make number four Jose Canseco, the man, the myth, the legend. Awesome. Yeah. Pat, do you also want to pick Jose? I am not going to pick Jose, but I am going to pick someone who was very close to getting to the 40-40 club, someone who has got me through the rebuild the past couple of years. That would be none other than number 13, Ronald Acuna Jr. So I could talk about how I fleece Pepe in trading him Stanton and Real Muto for Donaldson and the number one potentially person in fantasy in Ronald Acuna Jr. But I won't. I won't mention that. I I could talk about that he could potentially. I won the championship. I I won the I won the trade. I could talk about how uh, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I could talk about a lot of his potential, but I'm just going to do a couple fun facts. He's the youngest player to ever hit a postseason grand slam at the age of 20. He is the th- uh, third player to uh, ever to lead off the game with a home run in a doubleheader. Um, the other two are Harry Hooper in 1913, and uh, Ricky Henderson did it twice. He is the fourth player to hit five home runs, five consecutive home runs in a game, uh, or five games with a home run. Uh, only four other people, Peterson, Dozier, and Carpenter, have done that. He is the youngest ever to hit five home runs in five consecutive games. Uh, McCann was actually the last one in 2006. Uh, the guy almost went 40-40. He wants to go 50-50. I'm honestly signing him up, though, this year for 60-60. He is the he oh. is the savior for the Atlanta Braves, and I need him to be everything that he can be and more for my happiness of actually one day winning a World Series bef- after the age of eight for me. Ronald Acuna Jr. Wow. Wow. And, and so... Just, so shut uh, up. I mean, he's only been around for like, couple of years now and he's already and he's better than harold top. baines wow wow well, i think he has that. more war than baines already <laughs> yeah, he probably right. does oh that's all that that uh that finishes up our our number four player so uh, again a quick recap uh jose canseco over here kent herbeck is uh <laughs> pepe's number kent two herbeck <laughs> oh did i get that wrong who was the guy that you had there the jets wayne player Krabet. wayne Krabet. That, that was i was close uh, Doug echoed my sentiments with a Jose Canseco vote, and Pat came in with his second Atlanta Braves player of two, Ronald Acuna Jr. That moves us on to number three. My third guy is a football player, and some most might argue that he is the most dominant football player to ever play the game. The biggest, most freakish athlete to ever play the game of football a guy who coined the phrase straight cash homie the guy who in a thanksgiving game against dallas went for 163 yards and three touchdowns on three catches that was a 51 yard touchdown a 56 yard touchdown another 56 yard touchdown in seven years with the vikings he had 90 touchdowns before he ever even stepped 
foot on the field with the Patriots. I'm talking about my man, Randy Moss. That dude, it, when, when he came to the Patriots, everybody had wrote him off because he had been, he just mailed it in and for the Raiders. And before that, no nobody no nobody liked him. He wasn't a likable guy. He was a kind of a punk, but there was there was nobody like him. That guy it, to this day is is the most freakish athlete I've ever seen play football. And it could be argued, of course it could be argued there's a lot of freak athletes that play, but nobody ran the ball like that. I mean, that guy was unbelievable. So Game Randy, changer. Randy Moss, my man at number 3. Good choice. And, and I will yeah. say, I will say that Jerry Rice was the greatest receiver of all time, but Randy Moss was the most freakish. He Randy Moss didn't have Joe Montana throwing to him his whole career, and then Steve Young. So, very true. Very yeah. true. He had Dante Culpepper. He had Dante Culpepper, <laughs> and whoever the hell threw him the ball on the Raiders when he was there. And, uh, and know, then, he of course, did... he made Joe Buck just say what, <laughs> have one of the most egregious overreactions of all time when he mooned the crowd and he oh went, my god he yeah. pulled his fake pulled his pants down and joe buck yeah. that is disgusting yep yep i can so. remember watching uh chris berman and tom jackson on nfl prime time and they were just going on and on about what a disgusting display that was and there was no place for that in football it was like back in the in like 1989 when Miss Elizabeth took her skirt off on the ring and she had a bathing suit bottom underneath and everybody freaked out. It was like that equivalent. Like Very guys, upsetting. Come inappropriate. On. Come on. Yeah. My man, Randy Moss. Good All choice. Right. All right, Pepe, who do you got at number three? So my number three, I kind of compare to Didi Gregorius when Jeter left. So when you replace a team's you know leader, uh, a guy that's been playing for almost two decades. There's a shit ton of pressure, right? So just like Didi coming in and you know playing his ass off and being exactly what the Yankees needed, Tino Martinez did the exact same thing. So when Don Mattingly retired, it was one of the worst days I've ever had. But uh, they got Tino, and I didn't honestly know a ton about the guy. Um, just he seemed like a pretty solid enough player. But that guy was exactly what the team needed. And the team had a lot of guys like that. You know, your Paul O'Neill's, your Brocious's, et cetera. Um, but he was a clutch player. Um, I, You guys just – if you guys could see the faces these guys are making. Sorry. Just because they You mentioned love... Paul O'Neill and Scott Brocious. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to them too. We're going to get to them too. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, we will get to them when we talk about our least favorite. Um, but Spoiler that guy alert. was – phenomenal um i absolutely adored him i didn't think i could love a player um as much as don mattingly and i didn't but he was right there he was almost as close um big fan of tino martinez the band i think he would like to hear that too he would like to hear that tino i thought you were going to be almost as good as don mattingly but you weren't he was he was pretty well he was almost as good yeah he was almost as good wrong the bam tino He's a good guy. Like he's yeah. like he was a likable Yankee in mm-hmm. a time when there was a lot of unlikable Yankees. If you were not a Yankee fan, true. Yeah. Like Tino, no. like you had to respect Tino. I did. Mm-hmm. Love him. All right, good stuff. All right, uh, just for the record, so we are on a we're being rec- uh, we're recording a, something called Squadcast, so we can actually see all each other except for Pat. But when Pat got logged off and he signed back on, now he's swapped. So now I can't go in perfect order anyway i'm all screwed up it's pat's fault we're gonna go we're gonna move on from this 
We're going to get past it, and I'm going to go to Doug for his number three. Okay, number three for me. Um, probably my fondest memories of going to the ballpark was when I got to see this guy. And Dave's already shaking his head. He knows who I'm going to pick. He knows who I'm going to pick. Um, probably the best, like, you know, seven-year stretch that I've ever seen. I know there was, you know, Koufax and a host of others who may have had better. But um, every time he took the ball, took the mound, he was electric. Fenway was electric. I'm obviously talking about Pedro Martinez. I once saw Pedro strike out 16 Devil Rays in the worst possible baseball weather. It was like 32 and a half degrees out. Just enough to keep it a nice fine mist. And I was miserable. I was cold. I couldn't wait to go home, but he just kept striking out Devil Rays back when they were the Devil Rays. And they were really, really bad. Oh, the Devil but Rays. Still, Bubba Trammell yeah. was on that team. Probably. Those probably. were some of the most atrocious teams back in the it, day. Oh, yeah. But it was just, it was probably the most fun I had at the ballpark. Other than the time I went with Dave and we saw him throw a complete game shutout towards the end of his Red Sox career. I think that was like the day after my birthday, too. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, Pedro Martinez is my clear cut number three. Good choice. Oh, man. I hated him. I yeah, hated him so much because he was so freaking good. Yeah. I'm, that's uh, that's all the uh, vindication I need. Yeah. Hated is that him. a Yankee fan <laughs> hates oh, him because he he's was good. the worst. Because he was, you looked at him, he didn't look like a guy that could, could strike people out, but he just. He had those fingers. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're really long yeah, fingers. He was awesome. He then was Duquette awesome. taught him how to how to throw it inside. Change yep. it, game changer. But yep. he he was the ultimate gamer, and he also loves life. He's always happy. <laughs> he's always smiling. <laughs> he you know, I like he, Pedro. He does love life. Yeah. Pat, you're number three. So I am going to go with the only pitcher that is better than Pedro Martinez in the 90s. Number three, the professor, Mad Dog, Gregory Allen Maddox. Uh, Greg Maddox was definitely growing up, uh, uh, right, my first love as far as any sports athlete was, uh, had posters of him. Uh, What he did, though, is uh, the biggest two things about Maddox is consistency and just sheer mind mind over stuff, right? He didn't have horrible stuff, but he just was such a smart pitcher, such a smart player. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the last players to ever, probably that will ever get 300 wins, finished with 355 wins. His run of four straight Cy Youngs in 92 to 95, listen to these stats. In those four years, he had a 1.98 ERA, in 124 games, 37 complete games. Shut the. F- <laughs> 37 complete <laughs> games. He had a 202 plus ERA, um, a, a WHIP under one, a FIP 2.5, like sheer dominance. We're not talking about one year. We're talking about four consecutive years. He had 17 straight years winning 15 games or more where I know win isn't a great stat, but that is the ultimate consistency. Uh, 18 gold gloves, just uh, honestly an incredible pitcher who just literally made the most out of everything. I love one of the stories where he told Chipper, 
um, at one pitch to, hey, kid, move right one of his rookie years, move move three feet closer to the uh, line. Very next pitch, ground ball hits him right where he moved, makes the play. I, I even read before Maddox would even give up, like if it's a eight to one ball game, he would give players uh, – Right, he he throw a fastball down the middle or a changeup down the middle purposely and let him hit a double or a home run just to set up when there was actually a crucial point and they're looking for that three one pitch. Okay, last time he gave me a fastball on the outer half, and then he would mess right. He would use that to his advantage and uh, throw a completely different pitch that they weren't looking for. So, just one of those one of those guys that was just insanely smart. So that's my number three. All right, closing that round out. I'm going to recap. So I picked my man, Randy Moss. Pepe picked Tino Martinez. Doug went with Pedro Martinez and Pat. And you can sense this trend. Picked his third brave in Greg Maddox. Can I just ask one thing? The uh, when Moss got the three touchdowns, and uh, do you just remember that on Thanksgiving because you had him in daily fantasy? <laughs> that was long before daily fantasy man uh, i, I have, have a hard day. time believing that maybe you had a side bet or something <laughs> long yeah <laughs> it was it, it's, it's probably the greatest receive like one of the greatest receiving games of all time just, just oh yeah just an oh, incredible yeah. deep threat just get him yeah. the ball just throw it i mean that's yeah. brady brady's like all the like he couldn't throw deep and then oh just give him randy moss okay Yep. Oh, that's all I have to do? That's what Dante Culpepper did. Just throw yep. it at him. Oh, dude, I loved watching that team. Culpepper, oh, Chris that... Carter, Rob Smith. Those that was team, such man. a cool – yeah, Dante yeah. Culpepper. What could have been? Yeah, right? Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on. We're, we're, we're doing this we're – going, we're going quick here. Um, we're going to go on to the number two guy. My number two is a baseball player, and uh, – Probably the most exciting player. He was must-see TV every time he played. And uh, Doug kind of already opened this up for for uh, for me here. But it is Pedro. Pedro's my man. He was not as accomplished as Greg Maddox for a long, as long of a period of time. He fought too many injuries. Um, and so you could make the argument easily that, that Greg Maddox was a better pitcher. But for those seven years... There is nobody more dominant. He was just incredible. And by the way, height of the steroid era. And if anybody remembers the 1999 All-Star game where he pitched at Fenway, he struck out five of the greatest power hitters in the history of the game. That was the coolest. That was probably the coolest thing I ever saw. I had goosebumps. I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, it was something else. So I think Barry Larkin was the guy he didn't strike out. If I if I can remember correctly, but I'm not quite sure. But it was you know it was Bagwell and Bonds and and McGuire and Griff. Yep. No, not Griffey. Griffey was American. Sosa, Sosa. And thank you. Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Yep. And I'm pretty sure Barry Larkin like batted second or I don't. Anyway. Yeah, I think it doesn't so. matter. Um, so yeah, and he never had to face a pitcher, so he <laughs> never got to pump those stats. That's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he faced very, very few pitchers, um, certainly not every time he took the mound. And he was Petey, man. He was just and, – and people so, – some people forget he was a cranky little bitch. Like he was <laughs> – 
a pain in the ass. He was a diva. He would cry and whine, and you know we lost a season to his shoulder and a bunch of other things, man. But when that guy was on, he was awesome. So he, he was very my- quotable too. Yeah, he the, was. Wake he up the Bambino and I'll drill him in the ass. And, <laughs> you know, yep. You know, tip my cap and you know. He should have hit. Yankees Kareem are my Garcia, daddy. Though. He had swagger, man. Yeah. Swagger for days. And, and and he certainly didn't look like a guy who would have swagger, but when you could throw 97 with a Bugs Bunny changeup and uh, and a slider that you could throw three different ways, I guess you can. Uh, I guess you can talk that talk. So, all right, Pepe, moving on to you. You're number two. The thing about Pedro, I did hate him. Oh, you have Pedro too. No, 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 I don't. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, I don't. All right, but, wow. Doug, if he had you're played next. for the Yankees. I'd have fucking loved him. Anyways, uh, so my number two is a pitcher. He's my favorite pitcher of all time. Um, he, for the time that he was playing for the Yankees, I went to probably 15 games, and I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying he pitched in 13 to 14 of them, just for dumb luck. Um, it's Mike Mussina. Um, when he was, oh, the knuckle, the knuckle curve. Yeah, I was, was making the, the sign. That was I was showing him the knuckle uh, curve. The guy. Very rarely do the Yankees sign a guy, and they pro- they produce the way that he did. He went out there. They needed him to be the ace he was with the Baltimore Orioles. He came into New York, and it was like nothing changed. Um, he was kind of – at that time, you had David Wells and Roger Clemens, kind of some boisterous, bigger names, and he just went out, did his job, got people out, and went home. Um Love that guy. The best thing about Mike Messina was the time he was kind of struggling in a game, and Torrey starts walking out of the dugout, and all he does is point at him and scream to sit down and get back out there. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, Musia, he's the best. The Moose. Doesn't right. belong in the Hall of Fame, though. We'll get to that. that, was, that I was just going to ask you that. No, he no. doesn't. Hmm. Huh. That's a questionable. Hmm. Doug, hmm. while I'm looking up – Mike Mucina on Fangraphs, why don't you tell us who your number two is? I think the best argument for Mucina is the era that he played in. I mean, he was yeah. good compared to the guys of his era. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, you know, the, the traditional counting stats just don't add up. But anyway, I'm wicked critical. You mean like 81.2 war doesn't add up? Hmm. No, I mean like you know, 300 wins, he's not close to that. Just, you know. 81.2 war? Um, good for 17th in history, right? Yeah, that, well, between that's Bob what I'm saying. He, his war yeah. is good because he was good compared to the players of his era. That's yeah. what war is. Yeah, your war. <laughs> your yeah. war stupid. Him. Stupid. Jeez. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, fuck Musina. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Quick, before Pat starts talking about his second favorite Brave player of all time. Okay, number two for me. This is probably the person who has entertained me the most as far as sports go during the course of my life. I'm talking about none other than the round mound of rebound, Mr. Charles Barkley. <laughs> my man. Yeah. Absolutely love Charles Barkley. Uh, I absolutely hated Michael Jordan. Okay. I'm still convinced that that was a foul in the 93-94 <laughs> NBA Finals. Against the Phoenix Suns. I mean, that wasn't Jordan. I think it was Horace Grant 
against Kevin Johnson. It was and, Horace um, Grant against Kevin yeah, Johnson. I've seen I've seen many pictures. I've seen a lot of video, and nothing supports how I feel. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a foul, but in my head, it'll always be a foul because that was Charles Barkley's ring, and he didn't get it. And as far as sports disappointments go, I think that's probably number one on my list, um, being that the Red Sox have won World Series, so Buckner gets erased, and Aaron Boone gets erased, right? Um, the Broncos have won Super Bowls, so all those that John Elway lost got erased. So, um, yeah. But Charles Barkley, the Nike commercials, the anti-Michael Jordan of the 90s. He was my guy. And uh, to this day, he continues to enter. I just found out that he has a podcast. Oh! Yeah, it's called the Steam Room. Yeah, yeah. He has a podcast called The Steam Room with Ernie Johnson. He's and it's colleague. really, really good. It's really, really good. Of course it cracks, is. You know, he crack, yeah, he cracks me up on every every Thursday night on TNT. Um, oh, yeah, man. So, That's the best show. Him and Shaq, Kenny. Yeah. Man. But, I mean, uh, uh, one of the things that really, like, that dude was fat, you know? The round And I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not, uh, I've never been a slim guy by any means. And I was like, hey, look at that guy. That fat guy can go out. And he can be the best damn player in the world. And I'm like, hey, maybe I can do stuff in this <laughs> life too. Right? Okay, I'm not going to play in the NBA. And I'm not going to go grab 12 to 15 rebounds per game. But you know what? That guy gives me hope. <laughs> do you read his book? I read his book. Sad. Sad that the shitty team after shitty team he was on. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yep, and then he finally, then he finally gets to the Rockets when he's well past his prime, and Elijah wants past his prime, and Pippen's past his prime, Drexler's oh, yeah. past his prime. Like that, that team, just a little too late. The retirement tour. Yeah. I remember. I forgot about that team, man. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Love me some Chuck. Yeah. He's a class act, sort of. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pat. Who's your second favorite Brave player of all time? Pat, Pat. Patrick. Oh, sorry. Uh, did you say greatest player of all what, time? Did I bore you? Jeez. That was rude. Um, Awful. Charles not- Barkley would throw you through a barroom window right we now. We have to listen to your boring-ass shit. You should listen to the rest of us. I did listen to the rest of you, and then it glitched out when it was my turn. Pat's going to do the recap after this. <laughs> so, the greatest of all time is none other Second. than my number Second. two pick. Second two. But the greatest of all time is none other than my number two pick. That would be pick number 199, Tom Brady. Um, Again, I don't think much really needs to be said, right? Obviously, uh, just uh, really turn the Patriots. Yeah, no, nothing uh, really. You're done. done. Um, Yeah. uh, Again, similar to Maddox, what drew me to him is – why I like him as like a very high pick is just the amount of preparation and the amount of mental aspect he puts into the game. He's not the most talented guy, but he is definitely one of, if not the smartest guy in football, right? Takes what the defense gives him a lot of times. Um, just, and again, the 199th pick, even at Michigan, former Yankee farmhand drew Henson was supposed to be the guy. And, not only right he in in I'll, I'll end with this 
I uh, what I always tell people with Tom Brady is I took a lottery ticket on him. I moved here in 2001 and I did not like Drew Bledsoe like a lot of people around here did. So this guy, Tom Brady, comes in and I was like, you know what? I like this guy. He doesn't throw three touchdowns and three picks a game. He was a good game manager. He had a really good full first game against Indy. And again, did I ever think he was going to become what he became? No, but um, I kind of latched on to him right then and there. And again, he obviously became the greatest of all time. That is my number two. That's great. I, I love Drew Bledsoe. Me too. That I was one of those guys. Incredible. That Roma actually, Lewis. Drew Bledsoe got me into football. That's when I started following football is when the Patriots drafted Bledsoe. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess Steve I'm Andrew. a bandwagoner, but I was also like eight. No, yeah. I was, yeah. no, I was older. I was a little older than that, but not like 10 or something. So um, anyway, all right. So recapping the second round, I picked my man, Pedro Martinez, Petey. Pepe picked uh, the moose. Uh, moose. It was a moose, another Yankee. Douglas picked a round mount of rebound. Sir Charles Barkley and Patrick went off the island no one, and picked no one the Patrick. most exciting personality in football in, Pat, in, in uh, <laughs> Tom Brady. Which brings us down to dun, 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 the final round. Final we talk about our favorite player of all time. This player has to be the most meaningful player to you in your entire life. Of watching sports, of all sports that you've ever watched, this player has meant more to you than anybody else. You have more exciting memories about this person. You can't wait to talk about this person. And we could only imagine what Pat's going to say. But of I course, I'm going to start it off. And even though I grew up in a baseball family, and all we did was really watch baseball, and, and nobody outside of me played any other sport. Um, and every game that we went to was baseball until my mom actually took me to a hockey game, and it's not a hockey player, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. But this guy brought me into a sport that I never watched, but I did have my own basketball hoop outside, and I did go out and try to emulate this guy on a daily basis. He had, the, he had the Gatorade commercial that everybody knew. He had the smile. He had the talent. He had everything. He had the gambling addiction. He had the world in, his, in the palm of his hands. And he brought me into basketball. I'm talking about his royal airness, Mr. Michael Jordan. I don't really need to say anything else because it's Michael Jordan. Uh, Doug hates him, so that's fine. I get it. Uh, but that man ruined more guys shots at uh, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Jeff Hornchek, um, Kevin Johnson, all these guys. Clyde Drexler um, took away championships from them. He was a man. I, I loved everything about Michael Jordan. I, I wanted, I mean, I, apparently I couldn't be him, but I don't know. People always told you you could be whatever you wanted. I tried really hard to be Michael Jordan and I, uh, I just couldn't do it. So Maybe I didn't try hard enough. Anyway, so MJ, my man. Maybe that's why I like Barkley so much. I just wanted to hit you in the mouth with the elbow. <laughs> <laughs> what sucked about being a Jordan fan is none of the NBA lives had him. No. You always had to create him. Yep. It, yeah, that, it was that was a licensing issue. Yeah. yeah. It's a hell of He's a, a trade-off. When that guy went to baseball, man, 
oh, that was aggravating. It was so aggravating. Like, I get it. You know, his, his father passed and, and all those things. I was just young, though, and, and, and those were two prime careers. It was like losing Ted Williams to the war. It was – could have had eight rings in a row. Do you Who guys knows? think he was kicked out for gambling? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. You think that's true? I think that had something to do with it. I mean, I can't say I think – I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Jordan was – there was a thing that he was a master of that LeBron never learned is Jordan was a master of his persona. He knew how to carry himself, and they, and that was it. He never ruined his, his reputation despite doing terrible, shitty things in the background. So mm. – LeBron was never good at that. Jordan was likable. He LeBron's not. So, with that said, Pepe, who's your number, number one? one. Sam. It's come as zero surprise to anybody. So, I was born in 1982. So I watched the New York Yankees suck for over a decade. So from 82 to right around 95, they were freaking horrible. And I remember watching them and looking at Roberto Kelly in the outfield and Jesse Barfield and Steve Sachs and going, this team sucks. They really, really suck. But there was one man that I could always look to as the pinnacle of what the Yankees could be. And it's Don Mattingly. He's the only player worth watching on, on that team for over a decade. Um, and the guy played his ass off. He had the greatest mustache I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, it really was nice really – it, Oh, it's phenomenal. And it disappoints me every time I see him now and he doesn't have it. It's, mm. it's awful. Um, and it was really sucky that they won the year after he retired because all I wanted was him to win the World Series – um, they lost to the Mariners in 95. Um, he retired early because of his back, right? Yeah, he had injury problems. He's another one, just like Mucina. Love him to death. Really good ball player. Not a Hall of Famer. Just isn't. Um, but I would love for him to come back as either a manager or a coach, win a World Series ring just so we get something. But uh, that's my guy. He's right there. Love him. He's right there. He pointed over his shoulder for those. Yeah, you guys can't. Yeah, the, our two listeners can't see it, um, but over my shoulder, Don Mattingly's looking down on. That's me. okay. They've been to your house and they've seen it. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. point. That's yeah. a solid point. Yep. That and that would be Ryan from Western Massachusetts. Yes. And Tom. And Tom. From Western Massachusetts. Tom. To from be Western fair, Massachusetts. we did have three listeners. Samantha from Ludlow, Massachusetts, listened. Did she listen she, to the whole episode? No, she turned it off in like yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. I can't believe she made it that far. <laughs> really can't. She's a supportive woman. She sure is. She was looking for something to make fun of us, which shouldn't have taken 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. Douglas, you want to tell us who your number one is? If it's me, I, I get it. I <laughs> just, just one more thing about Don Manningly. I just didn't like him because he wasn't, gonna hit a 460 foot home run like jose can't say i get it oh yeah. yeah he's not flashy no no yeah okay all right my number one i already kind of let the cat out of the bag i'm sure dave knows who it is um it's john elway john elway's my all-time favorite um my first football memory is watching the playoff game against the browns when he had the drive 
Um, the reason I remember that one was because it was so significant and people were going absolutely crazy about the 98 yards and everything. So I was like, huh, John Elway. And of course, the Patriots sucked. Like nobody around here liked the Patriots in the mid 80s. That's why there's so many Giants fans. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, I'm not going to get into two personal things out uh, um, on here, but uh, my grandfather lived out in Denver my whole life. So I had that connection too. And uh, he knew the groundskeeper at Mile High. So he would send me all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so I got a bunch of Broncos players autographs and I got um, like newspaper clippings from the Denver Post. Just, just all this kind of, all this stuff that, um, you know, kept me connected to my grandfather who I never really got to see or hang out with, spend much time with. He'd come out here on a summer vacation every once in a while, but, um, not too often. And, uh, but yeah, John Elway was the, uh, the common bond. The Denver Broncos were the common bond there. So, um, John Elway is my all time favorite for sure. Good and, call. uh, him, yeah, him winning the Super Bowl in 98 was probably as good a sports moment as I could ask for. Because it was getting towards the end, and you think, oh, man, he's never going to win it. And the year before that, they were the best team in the league, and freaking Mark Brunel and the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> go into mile high and upset them. And it was like it was like the divisional round or something. It was just like it was, it was a huge, huge upset at the time, and I was like, this is never going to happen. He's going to retire, and he's never going to win a Super Bowl. And luckily they went out with an even better team the following year, and they beat Brett Favre. So, yep, John Elway, number one. John Elway. Patrick, I know I know you're an Atlanta fan, and I'm sure it's not Michael Vick that you're going to pick. So why don't you go ahead and tell us who your number one Brave is of all time? Uh, my number one Yankee, Diamondback, <laughs> and Miami Marlin. And Atlanta Brave is none other than number 14, Martin Prado. So Martin Prado was not the flashiest of players at all. Um, I just, I grew up watching him my teenage years. And he is just someone who, honestly, if I could have my sons play the game of baseball a certain way, and you told me they played like Martin Prado, that would make me prouder than anything else. Um, just a constant professional. Uh, talk about a guy who would do anything to win a game, right? I, I have some uh, 97 games he played at first base, over 200 at second, over 700 at third, 16 at short, over 250 in left, nine in right, six in DH. Like, literally played everywhere. And, I, I mean, I watched it. He was not some superstar gold lover, but he played every position well, right? He he was he would bat second. He would bat eighth. He would bat fourth. Whatever you need him to do, he is the guy that I know you don't like it, but he's the guy that if you need a sack bunt, he put it down. If you had to hit it the other way to move the guy from second over to third with no outs, like, really just a true winner chipper jones who is actually surprisingly not one of my favorite players um said he was the greatest teammate he's ever had uh one of my 17 braves podcasts that i listened to is with uh david o'brien of the athletic and uh former relief pitcher eric o'flaherty 
and they just glow about how awesome of a teammate, especially uh, O'Flaherty, just in how he brings the Latin players and the American players together. Just honestly, someone who, right, I it's nice to hear that because even watching and just seeing all the behind the scenes, I always felt that way. But someone truly who I just every single time who's that bad, I root for. He didn't have a horrible career, right? Uh, it still hit 100 home runs, still had a couple years where he had five war, did make an all-star team. Um, to me, he's just someone who I would always want on my team. Fun fact. Martin Prado, 35th all-time for sack bunts. Is, is he really? I did not know that. No, that's I a total lie. That. That's a total lie. <laughs> oh. It was Omar Vizquel. Yes. <laughs> well, that that's makes more sense. When you when you can't hit it all, sack bunts are a good thing. <laughs> and you played 27 seasons or whatever he played. <laughs> 24. Well, that was fun and entirely expected. I'm pretty sure that there's been lots of top five lists across all kinds of podcasts and all over. I'm sure Jordan's been there. I'm sure Mattingly's been there. Elway, Brady, probably not Martin Prado. But, hey, this show, first for everything. Thanks, Pat, for making Martin Prado a first for something. He's going to be so Absolutely. Um, I think what would be fair and be fun is we'll go around real quick and we'll just list off some honorable mentions. If you want to say a note or two about who you got there, go for it. No need to spend a ton of time on all of them, but certainly it was hard for me to whittle it down, um, and I definitely want to pay a little homage to some of these guys. Uh, some of these, So my honorable mentions, I had Mike Napoli. Loved that mountain of a man. That guy yes. hit massive, massive dongs, and when he wasn't – when he wasn't partying with all the Boston fans in every bar across Boston after that World Series, that guy was doing something cool. He was just – I miss him more than anybody, and there was there was never a player that came through that I liked as much as Mike Napoli. Um, Judd Bushler, uh, for only reasons that Doug knows, uh, Shaq, <laughs> my man, the most dominant player to ever play NBA, in my opinion. The big Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, Mario Lemieux, Willie Mo Pena, Sean Kemp, Glenn Rice, and Vince Wilfork. Oh, yeah, and I even have to say Kurt Schilling because at one point before he was totally psychotic, I did love that man. I did love that man. Those are my honorable mentions. Pepe, go. All right. So, number one, uh, Chris Chelios. I had a, uh, a poster of him in my bedroom for the majority of my like youth. My, like I said, my dad wanted me to be a hockey fan. He threw that on there. Uh, so I woke up looking next to Chris Chelios for most of my life. Uh, Patrick Ewing, I'm not a big basketball guy, but back in the day I was a Knicks fan, kind of, sort of. And uh, I always liked Patrick Ewing. Giancarlo uh, Stanton, love him. If he could, please, please, God, be healthy. Um, but going back with the Yankees a little bit, Paul O'Neill, Scott Brocious, both of you guys can go fuck yourselves. Uh, I love <laughs> I love those guys. Um, and Jason Giambi. You know, I figured they went to Mattingly, then Tino, and then we're just going to have the next great Yankee first baseman, and it was the steroid user, Giambi, but that fucker could bomb the ball. Um, absolutely loved him. And then uh, just one more thing. Alco bombs? Is that what they were called? I think they were. Uh, the Giambino. Come on. And then uh, I am an MMA fan, so Vitor Belfort, some of you guys may or may not know who that is, but back in the day, um, that guy was unbeatable. He just was destroying guys like Tank Abbott. When Tank Abbott was killing everybody, he just went in and annihilated them. Love that guy. 
And that's what I got. Doug, you're up. All right. Um, so I'm going to start with a team. The entire 1986 Boston Celtics. <laughs> My honorable mention. Okay. Uh, Bird, McHale. I met Robert Parrish at the mall when I was six years old. The guy terrified me because he was so huge. <laughs> I was, I, But he couldn't have been nicer. So I love the man. Dennis Johnson. My dad took me to meet him at a car dealership and he had to go, but he wasn't leaving until he made sure he signed an autograph and shook everybody's hand in line, even though he had to do it kind of quickly. Um, class act. I love the 86 Celtic. Oh, Bill Walton. Mm, I love Bill Walton. Yeah. I, I, I could listen to Bill Walton talk for hours. Yes. Yes. Um, please. One of my all time favorites. Um, Charles Oakley, of course. Um, I, I actually kind of liked that era of basketball when everybody was throwing punches and oh, it's the best and, and elbows and yeah was, and Charles Oakley nobody was meaner yeah he was, cool. he was a man um, and then the flip side of that Reggie Miller I liked Reggie Miller basically for that one game where he just went off in the final minute against the Knicks I just thought that was the coolest thing and I was a, like a oh man and... yeah and I was like Reggie Miller Reggie Miller and then he just you know all he could do was shoot really and not much else but. Uh, you know, uh, let's see. Trot Nixon of the Red Sox. Cause he was the original dirt dog. He um, was, he was the original, yeah. the OG. Yeah. And of course I can go, uh, big poppy, Manny Ramirez. How can you not like Manny Ramirez? Um, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's kind of weird. Like when they're on your team, you're like, Oh, yeah. well, you know, but, you know, I, I, I would have hated him if he was anywhere else. Oh, God, sure. yeah. Oh, God, for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, if, you know, I probably would have liked Gary Sheffield if he played for Boston, but he was yep. a Yankee, so. Yep. And, a, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's see. Who else? Pretty much anybody who's ever played for the Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I really liked to watch Ray Lewis play. Yeah. Which is weird for a defensive player, but he was that good. I liked Ed Reed. Where, yep, Ball Hawk and Ed Reed, I was a fan of his, too. He was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could probably do this all day, so I'm going to stop, but those are just some of a few. Good stuff. Patrick. All righty. Um, the one that was hardest to leave off the list, and, again, it's just because it's a recent one, uh, Mike Soroka. I live and die with every pitch he throws of, as of last year, but not a lot of history. The crime dog, Fred McGriff, uh, one of my all-time favorites growing up. Uh, Kevin Falk and James White, two of my best uh, or most favorite third-down running backs. Love those guys, Clutch. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, um, great linebacker for the Patriots. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, even though I hate that he's a Philly now, I love me some Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, Paul Pierce, just the man, ultimate Celtic. Uh, stayed with them through thick and thin, finally got rewarded with the championship. Uh, I also have Mario Lemieux. Um, that's what got me into hockey. Uh, Mid-90s Pittsburgh Penguins when he came back. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, I love watching him for the Bruins. Again, another two-way player. Does offense, defense, raise on power plays and penalty kills. Um, Thierry Henry, uh, Arsenal and France uh, player for uh, soccer. I, I know you guys don't know what that is, but uh, um, thoroughly enjoyed. Football. He's 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 the one that got me into soccer. 
Um, Freddie Freeman, I don't always give enough credit to just because he's always kind of been that secondary guy for me, but he's been great. I love me some Eddie House. Um, I just <laughs> yeah. love watching him chuck up threes. Uh, yep. I Yeah, when he was on the Celtics on that championship team, loved him. And uh, Craig Kimbrell. For me, uh, there was nothing better than watching Welcome to the Jungle in the ninth and him just coming out and uh, shutting it down. So that's The bird wing. The weird bird wing thing that he did. He, he was yeah. fun to watch with the, with the Red Sox, man. He really was. Uh, guy was awesome. Well, that was fun. And, of course, next week we're going we're gonna to come back and we're going to talk about oh, our five yeah. least favorite players of all I time. I can't wait. You know, and we're going to try to make it not 15 Braves and then five of whoever Pat picks. Uh, <laughs> it, it might be tough, but I think we can do it. So that will be fun. But before, before we go, we do want to – we do want to – Talk about a couple questions that we got from our listeners. It's a plural. There's two. Yeah. We do have two listeners. We do have two we questions. So this will be our final yep. segment of the show. And the first one comes from Tom in Western Mass. And he Hi, says, Tom. hey, guys, big fan of the show. What is your favorite sport outside of the top four? Pat, you can only pick one. <laughs> We're going to start with. Pepe. So I kind of already buried the lead a little bit. Um, and it's probably actually my fourth favorite sport. It used to be way higher. Um, it's MMA. Uh, I Back in the day, I watched every single event. I knew every fighter, anybody that fought in America, in Japan. Um, I knew everything about I, I would get bootleg copies of VHSs and watch them because you couldn't get it was before DVDs were around. Um, absolutely love it i don't follow it nearly as much we ended up getting one uh a couple weeks back i think i knew four fighters on the entire card there's just way too many now but uh big mma fan especially from back in the day douglas this is a really hard question for me i mean i don't really watch much outside of baseball football basketball um i guess i could throw it back and say boxing as i said on the last podcast i've and actually, uh, Mike Tyson should have been an honorable mention for me. Oh, yeah, but me I, too. But I feel kind of weird putting a rapist on the list. So uh, that's I fair. left him off. That's um, fair. But when I was a kid, and I didn't know any of that stuff, I used to I used to love uh, ESPN Classic when they had the uh, Mike Tyson's Greatest Hits. And it was like 40 knockouts within a minute. So, yeah, that was, was just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and I don't know, does pro wrestling count? As another yes, yes, it's okay. still it real to me. Damn yeah. it! I mean, of I haven't course. really watched it. Yeah, I haven't really watched it in 15, 20 years. But uh, it's still you good. know, let's throw Macho Man Randy Savage into my honorable mention. Oh, oh yes! How did we not put How any of them not, on there? You know what? Now I just, I, I just, I rushed it. <laughs> We're gonna need another episode just to talk about honorable Jake mentions. Jake the Snake, Mr. Yeah. Perfect, oh, Rick Rude. God, mm-hmm. come on! The best, the best. Patrick. I, I think I, I have know an honor rule. I do. Wait, wait, no, you don't. I don't oh. think so. So, oh. so my honorable mention is curling because that's curling what I was gonna guess. That's what it was. Freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, my, no, my actual pick. My actual pick is soccer. Soccer. Oh. It is soccer. So there is no better tournament than the World Cup, and right, the Euros oh. are really good too. It's one of the best Olympic sports. Um, 
right a couple of the best sports sports moments that i've ever watched <laughs> are are from soccer and they have the best announcers right good atmosphere fun time soccer is my fourth but i do love some curling should have been curling I should oh. say John Schuster should be a yeah. uh, honorable mention as well, curling even though I hated that guy. Because he knew we would guess curling. Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, mine I, I like uh, is, is one that none of you have ever watched or probably will ever watch. Uh, I've gone to the finals and watched them. This will be my second year in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a niche sport, and it's really the only big sport around total fitness, so that would be CrossFit. And... I mean, what I do is not the sport itself, but what I go see and watch the best athletes in the world compete is pretty amazing. So if you love CrossFit, it's amazing. If you don't, you could care less, and I get it. So it'll never be mainstream. It's kind of cool. I love it. Um, that's my jam. That's what cool. kind of stuff do they do for the championship in CrossFit? Uh, so like anything, with it, it's it's extended workouts it's it's workouts that challenge the athletes at every different level so it's a it's a total mixture of um stamina strength uh there's olympic lifting in it there could be sprinting there could be uh gymnastics it's you know you, basically for the guys you have 190 pound guys uh who are incredibly strong fast and, and agile just doing things and then the, the women are are more impressive as there are 160 pound women just, you know, putting more weight over her head than any of us could. They're, they're running, they're, they're doing everything. So if you love it, it's, it's amazing to watch. And they're also, because the sport is small enough, it's easy to meet all of them, which is also very cool. So after when we were in Madison, Wisconsin last year, me and Steph stayed an extra day and that's when all the athletes stay and they actually go out and they have lunch and they do whatever. So we were walking through Madison and we saw basically every top athlete in the world. It was like walking through and seeing the Chicago Bulls from the 90s. Like it's that's that cool. equivalent to people who love the sport. It's really wild. And because outside of the sport, nobody knows who they are and they're not like some of them are recognizable but for the most part it, you just they're really grateful and they're really friendly so it's cool it one thing sorry to interrupt but one thing right. kind of like that is um a sport that some of us know pretty well and it's westfield mass slow pitch softball and uh it's every friday yeah, night i'd agree and uh the players are very accessible um <laughs> they just compete on a level that not everybody can get to um substandard <laughs> not everyone softball. can stoop that low no yeah defense is poor dave loves it um <laughs> yes he and, does but again you come after the games and, and we'll sign as many autographs as you want Oh, yeah. Now, see, I've met some of the players in that league, and I think they're incredibly full of themselves. Oh, I would agree, Doug. Just, yeah, I would aren't agree. they the worst? Just Listen, no, no, I don't Dave talk about Tom Dave, and, Dave and Ryan from Western Mass. You know, you know, when people are telling you they're humble, they're not humble. Do not sully right. the name of Ryan and Tom from Western Mass. Damn it, I won't stand for it. We're actually sullying yours and Pat's name, but that's another. Story. He is very arrogant. I've always said that about Colin. All very right. arrogant. Yeah. Let's uh yeah take let's... it down a notch, Cullen. <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's okay. do the last question here, and then let's get out of here. So, our last question comes from Ryan from Western Mass, and Ryan would like to know, what do we think is the greatest sports movie? 
Patrick, you're on the spot. What do you think is the greatest sports uh, movie? Uh, it's it's hard. I have a couple, but I right. I'll I'll keep Only it one. to one. Yes. I know. So I'm going with the Sandlot. I love yes. the Sandlot. Great, 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 great pick. Great pick, Pat. Pat A. Who's your number one? What's your number one? So I had a lot, but I'm gonna go Major League. Ooh, yeah. Awesome. The fucking awesome. movie's amazing. That movie is amazing. Yeah, it is. Yep. Um, I'm gonna pass it to Doug. Doug, what do you got? Major League was a close number two for me. Number one for me is Caddyshack. Oh, yes. very good. Yeah. Great choices. Very yeah. good. And so my number one is every time I go to a game and the puck gets hit behind the net and all the players move down to the end of the, of, uh, the, end of the rink, I say to myself, they have to do the flying V, right? Like they're going to come out. It works. It works, every, and they never time. do it. Of course, it's the Mighty Ducks. I loved the Mighty Ducks. That so movie great. was amazing. So good. You know what's coming back? What? We're really? doing a TV show Ducks? on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, with Emilio Estevez. Yeah, the magic no is way. gone. Yeah, Emilio. Like, There's like, going to be no knuckle puck there. Have you seen Goldberg lately? Not looking good. <sighs> Not no, good at all. That, that was a fun show, guys. Um, we're excited about next week's show when we, uh, again, cover the, the our, least, our five least favorite players. Um, but for now, follow us on Twitter at MA Sports Pod and or email us if you still are into that sort of thing at middleagedsports at gmail.com. That's all we got. Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.